Hey, Murder Lovers. My name is Mackenzie. And this is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. (laughs) We really do appreciate it. So, this one's going to be brought to you by me. Hey. That's me. (laughs) That's Fatina. That's me saying me. I don't refer to myself as third in third person. I you don't like to talk weird. about your. Remember that episode of Grey's Anatomy where Izzy and Alex have the patient that talks to himself about themselves in oh, third person. The yeah. guy that's getting like the pec implants or whatever. Yep. Yeah, no thanks. That's weird. They're like Izzy and Alex have a patient that talks about himself in the third person. <laughs> they used to find it annoying. Now they kind of <laughs> like it. I love Grey's Anatomy. But I'm still pissed about what they did to Alex Karev. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Someone start a petition. Tell Shonda I want to talk to her. Oh, I I can have some words with Shonda. I will never forgive her for what she did to George. Oh, absolutely not. Never. No. The, the, Let's talk serial killer, shall <gasps> we? Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> the most prolific serial killer of, of our, our time. time. Absolutely. She killed off everyone. <laughs> And she's not done. No. She is not done. No. <sighs> Anyways. Shonda. Keep all that. Yeah. Shonda. We need to talk. <laughs> I could write you a new episode and bring everyone Honestly. back. <laughs> I mean, you're apparently willing to try things. Musical episode much? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hated that episode. The the musical one where they were in the um where Callie was in the car accident. Yes. Ugh. I hate that episode. Yeah, who does? I always skip it. I don't it. know what she's it's singing. It's super irritating to me. So don't watch that during quarantine. <laughs> no. We're not that desperate yet, you no. guys. We watched um Bombshell the other day. It's the movie about the Fox Network thing where the the women accuse the guy that's running Fox. It's very interesting. Huh. Because it's based on true events, right? Yeah, it's based on Megyn Kelly's book and the accounts of a couple of the women that came forward. Interesting. But it was really good. Oh, I bet. And Charlize Theron sounds just like Megyn Kelly. It's uncanny. Oh, she's good. She's great. She's got a great jawline. really, really good. She's just like chiseled. I mean, like, wasn't she the one that played Monster? Yeah. In Monster? I mean, holy shit. Yeah, how do you look like that and look like that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've had some rough mornings. But. Yeah, but no, Charlie's just knocked it out of the park with... Yeah. I yeah. Her, yeah. How committed she was. All right. You want to hear some started. true crime? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This one's a crazy one. Crazy, they crazy, all? crazy. Yeah. No, you really have a knack for picking them. I do. Okay. I don't know how, but it takes me some time, but when I find them... You find them. Yeah. All right. Setting my bar, my own bar high, which is stupid, but I do it for you guys. <laughs> so this is a story that, not a story, I guess a case that developed in Orange County, California, more specifically in Anaheim. So mm-hmm. in Disneyland Land town. Of Disneyland, the happiest place is on earth. Correct. And this is the story of Michelle Hadley young woman had everything going for her she was in school getting her master's degree and she was working 
she had landed really good marketing jobs before all of this had happened, and I'll get into the details in just a second. But but more prominently, uh, or notably, most recent job at this point was a marketing director at Disneyland Resort. So a, kind of a dream job. You're kind of a big deal at that Absolutely. point. Absolutely. So she's working really hard. She's um, doing what most of the youth does these days. This was back in 2013, but she got on a dating app and she met a young man that looked promising. Oh, no. They went and met at a Starbucks. That was her first actual in-person encounter. Was she in Tinder? I don't know the specific app. Why do they never say the app? I know. Come on. They don't want the advertising. <laughs> Tinder's like, don't come for me. Don't, we don't know it was you. Me. Yeah. In 2013. <laughs> so they immediately fell in love with each other and they started a relationship. And only after six months of knowing each other, they moved in together. Soon after that, he asked her to marry him. And they set a date to marry in February of 2016. Shit. So things were moving along. And so she found a real right swipe, huh? Yeah, right. Okay. So everything was, you know, they weren't marrying at this point, but I'm calling it the honeymoon phase because what else can you call it? Everything was still sweet. Everything was still pleasant. But that didn't last too long. After he had asked for her hand in marriage... That all started wearing off. Ian's, As it does. Ian started showing his asshole side. I thought you said his asshole size. I was like, we don't need to know. <laughs> he was controlling and possessive over Michelle. He ordered Michelle to wear more revealing, sexier clothes. Really? He demanded that she get a belly button piercing. Guys are so weird. It's like one extreme to another. It's like either over-sexualize them or like you will wear a frumpy house dress <laughs> and not let anyone see you ever. No, this guy was going for a look. Okay. He wanted to keep a close eye on her, so he made her quit her job at Disneyland Resort just so she would be closer to home on a different job so he would be able to track her more. Ooh. He controlled her every single move. And even went as far as putting a GPS on her car. And when she would move out of a radius that he had put on her, he would immediately call her and say, hey, what are you doing? I need an explanation. Yikes. On top of being controlling, he had sexual fantasies. Mm -hmm. And one of those sexual fantasies was watching his girlfriend, I guess, at this point, or fiance have sex with other men and recording it. What? Yeah. And he asked Michelle to consent to this, to agree to do this. And at first she said, no, I don't want to do this. But as time went on, she felt more pressure to do this. And at this point, she's just a girl who is trying to keep her fiance happy and do what he says. Obviously, we know that at this point that she's in an abusive relationship, right. right? So eventually she gives in and she says, okay, let's do it. She's trying to make him happy. Yeah. She said he put out an ad on Craigslist 
and the encounter happened on Valentine's Day of 2015. Oh, wait. So not only is he asking her to do this, but they're soliciting on Craigslist for it? Yes. So it is a random guy that neither of them know. It's not a friend of his. It's not a friend of hers. They don't know this person. This is just a random person off of Craigslist who is willing to partake. Okay. So the encounter happens. Michelle engages in sexual intercourse with another man in front of Ian, and he records it. The next day, Michelle regretted her decision of doing this, and she asked him, she asked Ian to please delete the recording or trash it, and his response was, no, no one put a gun to your head. That's it. So no, he kept the recording. Great. And even after this event, Michelle probably still saw some type of future with him or was just too afraid to leave. I think a combination of both of these things. She put down a down payment of $14,000 on a condo for them to share. Oh, wow. Okay. And they lived there for a total of three months before Ian's paranoid controlling behavior became too much for her. And she decided to leave him. By leaving him, I mean, it it almost sounds like she was escaping the -hmm. situation. It wasn't just like a, you know, a fight were over. She escaped. She showed up at her parents' house with one bag of clothes, left everything behind in the condo. She seemed afraid. Her parents, of course, took her in. And at that point, that's when she told her parents everything that had been going on with Ian for these two years. Mm Mm-hmm. After the breakup, or after Michelle moved out, the condo was in both of their names. Ian stayed at the condo. She filed a lawsuit eventually against Ian because he was not holding his end of the bargain, which was either sell the condo or take over. Buy her out, basically. Exactly. And he was not doing either. He was not moving on the changing of the name on the papers, and he was not taking over the payments either. According to some court documents, Michelle was especially afraid of Ian because he owned a lot of guns. He was a U.S. Marshal. What? So she was afraid of him to the point where she had him banned from entering the campus where she was attending to get her master's. Yeah. Because on several locations after the breakup, she would see his parked car near the campus. Yikes. Stalker. It's exactly what's happening, right? So in the same month of September, Ian filed for a restraining order against Michelle, stating that that she had sent him a series of threatening emails. After showing his supervisor the emails, remember, he's a U.S. Marshal, so Mm -hmm. they kind of took this as a threat. He recommended that he filed for domestic violence restraining order. He is quoted saying that one of the emails was as follows. She has told me that I must comply with her demands or be prepared for God's vengeance and referred to me as Satan and the Antichrist. I don't think she's wrong. No, (laughs) she is not. And she does not deny sending this email. Okay. And I'll get back to that. But he said that because of her emotional instability, Mm -hmm. history of fits of rage, and self-medication with alcohol... He feared for his safety. Oh, okay. 
he's alleging that he's afraid of her. Even though he's the one with all the guns and the violent history. Yep. Okay. So. Makes sense. Michelle at this point is trying to move on. She's attending classes. She's obviously had a really rough breakup. But she is a smart woman, so she's just living on with life, right? Right. She's moving on. But Ian um, moved on romantically a lot faster, and he met a new girlfriend, again, through a dating app in January of 2016. They broke up in September, so not too much after, but they wasted no time, and they were married by the next month, February 2016. Red flag. The new girlfriend's name is Angela. A little background on Ian's new girlfriend. Her name is Angela, and she's originally from Phoenix, Arizona. She graduated from ASU, Arizona State University. Go Devils. Yeah. With a degree in political science in 2006. That's not my degree, but (laughs) holla. Before she graduated college, she started a nonprofit called Youth Speaks, which helped underprivileged countries build new schools, clinics, and youth facilities. So okay. all third world countries, they were... Great. Doing the Lord's work. That is correct. That'll come back into play. Really? Doing the Lord's work? Yeah. Wow. Kind of. Foreshadowing. A little bit. I don't even know the story. <laughs> so... Once we go through it, I bet you will know the story. Really? At least you've seen a little bit of it. Okay. okay, it's, okay. It made national headlines for sure. So things for Ian and his new wife, because again, they're married now. Right. Things for, they were moving quickly. And by May of 2016, Angela told Ian that their family was going to be expanding. She was pregnant and expecting twins. Congratulations. So within five months of knowing each other, they're having the whole family. Twins scare me. <laughs> like having them or like having two of them in front of you? Because that's like the shining type no, shit. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> having them scares me. While all this is happening, they're excited to be moving on with their life. Ian receives another email from Michelle that was full of religious references. The email said, Your sins are many, including defiling me and my family with your wicked and evil sexual acts, your financial coercion and irresponsibility, your gluttony, your greed, your lust, your sloth, your wrath, your envy, and most of all, your pride. I will bring the full force of the law and the word of God against you to judge you. I'm sorry. Plot twist. (laughs) Yeah. You mean to tell me that we're switching gears and we're focusing on Michelle and not Ian? Yes. What? Kind of. I did not see this coming. So, during this time, again, Michelle and Ian are having this legal battle for the condo. Right. There was a six-month deadline of switching over the deed or selling it off mm-hmm. to, like you said, buy her out. He wasn't moving on that. Right. So that's why Michelle was writing him, mm-hmm. asking him to get it going. Right. Although this is supposed to be a happy moment in Angela and Ian's life, Angela started receiving emails from Michelle. So do Ian and Angela not have this sick and twisted relationship like Ian and Michelle had? 
We'll get to that. Okay. So Angela starts receiving these emails that are just a mouthful, just ranting on, just spewing hate at Angela, the new wife. This is such a curveball. I wasn't ready for this. So some of them, and she announced that she was pregnant May, sometime Mm -hmm. in May. But by May 29th, she got one of the first emails. And it's quoted saying, I hope you are scared to death tomorrow. Be prepared. Don't sleep. We will steal your child and we will watch it as it dies. Oh, no. You are a piece of shit. And I hope to God you burn for what you have done to us. So that's just one excerpt from it, but it goes on to say that Angela is the reason that Michelle and Ian broke up. She's a homewrecker. Michelle is his one true love, and really, Ian will eventually see this. I'm so confused. (laughs) So the emails that Angela is getting. So did I black out or... (laughs) Michelle left, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's the one that left. That is correct. Let me continue. Okay. So, a couple of days later, later, Angela receives another email that says, You deserve nothing but a life of lonely torture. I have always, I have ways to hurt you. There is no place you will be safe anymore. On June 1st, she gets another email that says, You might be beautiful. You might be the one he married, but you are still a sinner and must be punished. I will make sure you are reminded of your place by force. June 2nd, she gets another email. I know you are leaving work. I watch you as you walk. Let's play a game. I don't want to play. Yeah, well. (laughs) Can I pass? Nope. Here it comes. So some of the emails included graphic photos of women Women beaten with black eyes, decapitated bodies, aborted fetuses, or pictures of women being groped by men in masks or naked and strangled. Wow, that escalated quickly. Really fucking quick. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. (sighs) So in between those last two emails that I read on Mm. June 1st, Angela went to the authorities to report the harassment And get a restraining order against Michelle. I would think so. Angela's signed affidavit said the following. Miss Hadley, which is Michelle, Michelle Hadley, has been emailing me for over one week, repeatedly threatening my life, my marriage, my safety, and slandering my husband. Miss Hadley has used over six different email addresses to contact me. Despite a request to cease communication, I am now fearful for leaving my house have had to delete my online presence and incredibly emotionally distressed. I am fearful of being raped, attacked, or killed. I have had to completely uproot my life, including missing work at a new job to quash this issue. The tone and tenor of these emails escalates and there seems to be no sign of them stopping. Am I allowed to predict what's going to happen? No. Okay. So... (laughs) Can I tell you at the end if I guessed it right? Yes. Hold on, I'm going to write down my guess <laughs> so you know. Hold on. Hold, please. I'm going to proof. Proof, you guys. Okay. Put it in the envelope. Got it. Done. Okay. So after she filed for the restraining order, about two weeks later, on June 13th, 
Angela reports to the police that men are showing up at her door saying that they are there as a response to the Craigslist ask to fulfill a violent rape fantasy. So the Craigslist ad read... Also, how does that conversation go? Um, Hold on. Yeah, right? Excuse me, ma'am. Who yeah. are you? Um, no, I'm here to rape you. I, I'm here because I got your Craigslist ad that you wanted a violent rape fantasy. Mm-hmm. So I'm here to fulfill that. If you could just leave the money in an envelope and just... Not even money. This is for free. Oh. There was no money being exchanged for this. Hi, I'm here to work for your charity <laughs> no service. Shit. You don't take this kind of volunteer work? <laughs> so the Craigslist ad read, I have been dying to have a rape fantasy occur. If you can fulfill this tonight, please let me know. I am 30, tall, gorgeous, and ready. I have a Yorkie I walk every night. Come find me. <gasps> oh, No. So from that time, she first called the police saying that this is what's happening, that some strange men are showing at her condo. 11 days go by. Mm-hmm. And on June 24th, Angela called 911 saying that a young man showed up to her house and that he tried to rape her. Her shirt was torn and she had multiple red marks on her neck. The police came down to her condo, took pictures of all the marks on her neck, And the police immediately ran over to Michelle's house that same day and arrested her. They showed up to her parents' house. They put her directly into the back of the squad car. She's freezing. She's shivering. She's crying and yelling, saying, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't know if she used exact words, but... Direct quote. What I would say. (laughs) Um, So poor thing is like... Losing her mind. Losing her mind. They ask for all her devices, her phone, her cell phone, her tablet, anything that's electronic that could be sending emails. She completely hands that over to the police. There's no fight over it. She gives them all of the passwords. So she's taken into jail that that same night, and her parents post the bond. So she's out by the next morning. Angela said that right away, the emails were assumed. The threatening emails were assumed. Okay. So about two weeks go by. So about two weeks go by and Angela has to call the police again. There is a 17-year-old man at her door attempting to answer that Craigslist ad. You mean a 17-year-old boy? Did I say man? You said man. I meant boy. He's a boy. That's also... What the fuck are you doing answering these... No. Yeah. 17 years old. Anyway, put a lock on your stuff. Yeah, do something. So Michelle is arrested the next day again with charges that including stalking, attempted rape, violating a restraining order. And at this point, she was facing a life sentence. Her bail was set at $1 million. Wow. They took it seriously. Well, yeah, I would too. So Michelle's parents, especially her dad, stood by her side 100%, and he's very outspoken from the beginning that he believed 100% that Michelle was not capable of what she was being accused of. I agree. <laughs> I just know Michelle wouldn't do it. I just, she doesn't seem like the type at all. The investigation began for the prosecution, and they discovered that the emails in response to the Craigslist ads gave the men responding all the information about Angela. Her name, address, job information, 
regular shops that she visited. So when someone was responding, they would get all this information about Angela. Right. There were explicit instructions to these men that if she were to scream, plead, try and fight them off physically, that they were under no circumstances supposed to stop because that was part of the fantasy being played out. Right. That was part of the rape fantasy. So Mm -hmm. it's crazy, but smart. Well, yeah. If you're asking for that, I guess. Well, yeah. So I guess further research into the emails revealed that there were over eight different email accounts being used and that the IP locations were coming from Angela's laptop. Yep. And cell phone. Biggest fucking catfish. You can you can read the note I wrote. She said Ian creates the emails and sends them from Michelle. Oh, it meant to say to no, it says to frame Michelle. To frame Michelle. It's not Ian. It's Angela. It's Angela. Holy smokes! What? Wow. I did not. Okay, that I didn't see coming. I will say I well, did not. There see is that a coming. theory out there, and I'll circle back to you what you thought your prediction. Yeah. But it's Angela that is charged with all this. Okay. The evidence leads that it's to her sending these emails, setting up fake emails, even using a scrubber type thing that hides the IP address. Mm-hmm. So Michelle spent a total of 86 days in jail, 23 hours a day in a cell until before she was being before she was released in October of 2016. She was not officially exonerated until January of 2017. So at first so they kind of just said bad. sorry and let her go, but officially on paper and publicly she was not exonerated till 2017. Jeez. The police also found that on top of doing this elaborate scheme to frame Michelle, Angela forged attorney and doctor documents, which said that she was pregnant and also had cervical cancer. So she was never pregnant. Wait, she never had the twins? She was never pregnant. Oh, I thought she'd given birth by this point. No, because only about six months have gone by. Wow. So in those emails, she was threatening the life, threatening the life of the twins when there was never even a pregnancy to begin with. Okay. For some reason, when you were like, I'm going to like kill your baby type thing, I was thinking like uh, outside oh, of born. the body type no. situation. Like cut it out of her. Which makes it even more terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's a lot. So a lot of the backlash on this has landed on the lap of the detectives that were assigned Mm -hmm. to this case. And it seems that tracking down the devices that the emails came from was relatively easy. So had they done a little better investigative work on the front end? Mm -hmm. So from the beginning of Michelle saying, hey, I'm getting these emails... Sorry, from Angela saying, hey, I'm getting these emails. If they had just done a little bit of investigative work at that point to see where the emails were coming from, they probably could have nipped that at the bud as scary and threatening as those emails were. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get that. But then at the same time, it's like, would any officer start looking into them if a crime hadn't yet been committed? But the emails were already talking about watch your back or like we will watch your baby die 
Yeah, I guess I just, for some reason, I just, I just don't see it turning into a bigger thing, like, until there's a right reason the to turn it into a bigger yeah, thing. Yeah, I see yeah, that. that. their first instinct is like, okay, well, we need to verify the IP address and everything like that when That's true. nothing yet has happened. That's just one of the things they could have done better. Mm-hmm. So instead of, even when... Angela started calling into the police saying, hey, I'm having all these men show up at my door That's or at the, at the front door. Not once, even though they lived at a condominium with surveillance cameras, did mm-hmm. they check the surveillance cameras to see what these men probably look like, to see, you know, what time, verify the times or anything. So they never once looked at surveillance footage to see if this had happened. There were no men showing up? Correct. Okay, that part, unbelievable. Yeah. If there's security footage, check it. Absolutely. And I understand that these men were coming in. If they had been coming in, they were coming under the guise of this is a consensual encounter that's going to happen. It was unbeknownst to them that there was this other plan going on to frame someone else. But you would still think as investigators, you'd be like, You would want to see who it is. Let me see who's showing up to do this rape fantasy then. Absolutely. Go ask them questions or go look at their, you know. Exactly. At that point, like you said, there's actual events that have occurred and that could be traced or looked into a little bit further. But no, they never looked at any surveillance uh, surveillance footage. I cannot believe Ian found somebody crazier than him. It really goes to show that there really is someone out there for everyone. Yeah, there's um, a crazier for every Your crazy. Your soulmate is out there. <laughs> Your soulmate is out there. But um, but Or one of the times that Anaheim Police Department dropped the ball again was right after Michelle had been arrested that first time, and Angela alleged to have received emails immediately after her release, like within minutes. The police still had all of Michelle's devices. So had they at least looked at the timestamp a little more diligently, they would have been able to figure out that it wasn't until hours later oh. for release that Michelle got all of her devices back. That's pretty basic. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So <sighs> there is a lot of people that are suspicious of Ian's hand in all of this doing. I would tend to agree with that. The police kind of just took his word that he had no involvement and they left it at that. They did not look into Ian's potential involvement at all whatsoever. And Angela didn't try and pin anything on him? No. Well, that sounds about right, because she seems to be undyingly loyal. Absolutely. Some of the email accounts used do not trace back to Angela because of his history of soliciting sexual encounters through Craigslist in the past. Yeah. It is evident that he's proficient in doing this. So remember, he put a Craigslist ad For for Michelle to have that encounter, and then... So he knows how to do this, and right? Has done oh, I mean, it. it's not hard to do, but but it goes who would to think show, of doing it right. if you haven't done it already, right? Ian, and that would be a coincidence, like a huge, a coincidence. huge coincidence, yeah, absolutely. And Ian did admit to having an app on his phone that's called Hotspot Shield, and that hides IP addresses. Mm, convenient, but. <laughs> 
He claimed to have given his phone to his elderly mother who lives in Idaho months before the email started coming in to Angela. Oh, so he had no phone during this time? The police did not look into this. Hmm. Come on, guys, I'm trying to defend you here. It's hard. Yeah. So records also show that someone logged into one of the fake accounts while they were in the condo, because you can see the IP address, Mm -hmm. during May 24th and May 26th. This couldn't have been Angela, because she was out of the state visiting her father in Phoenix, Arizona. (sighs) Da, da, da. No, seriously. I'm I mean, if it Ian looks has... like a duck and it quacks like a duck, yeah. it's Ian involved in Craigslist stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> I, this seems very basic to me. Absolutely. So no one listened to Michelle as she was proclaiming that she was innocent right from the beginning and that she was being framed. Mind you, she had never even met Angela. She knew of her vaguely. Mm-hmm. Because she was living in the condo that her and Ian right. were still arguing over. Well, and usually you talk about your last ex with but your new boo. Kind of, because they didn't hold too much, too many conversations. And she said she couldn't even pick her out of a lineup if she had to. She had no idea what she looked like. Michelle has since filed a lawsuit against Anaheim PD and specifically the four detectives. Girl, I don't blame you. Go with She's God. on a mission Absolutely. And I am with her 100%. Part of Michelle's complaint reads, he, Ian, was so hell-bent on punishing her after the relationship dissolved that he plotted to frame her for stalking and threatening his new wife. Michelle believes that in arresting her, the Anaheim police ignored Angela's masterminding to protect their fellow lawmen becoming a weapon in his torturous campaign. In the heart of this case, this is a case about the blue wall of silence, i.e. law enforcement officers and officials enabling fellow officers to violate civilians' rights. This is all part of her complaint, part of the lawsuit. So I think we've mentioned like the blue wall of silence before, like cops protecting cops and and all that. Yeah, that's um, a brotherhood. Or sisterhood? Familyhood. We're inclusive here. (laughs) Diversity. Holla. It's a hood. Yeah. (laughs) And and I get it. I'm sure it's there. Um, I mean, it's part of the culture. And I I will not fault police officers for that because that's true of any culture. Right. If you feel like you're on a team, you go to bat for that team and you have each other's back. So Michelle accuses the city of Anaheim, the four detectives, and Ian and Angela of 15 violations ranging from false imprisonment to defamation. On October 17th, 2017, Angela pleaded guilty to the 10 felony charges, including false imprisonment and perjury. Angela struck a deal with prosecutors and was given five years in prison. She's now serving time at the McFarland Female Community Reentry Facility in Central California. So this crazy bitch, she has to be kind of close to done, yeah. The, oh yeah, absolutely. So 17 uh 22, 2022 maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So she catfished hard. That's crazy. Um I don't know exactly what 
the reason was? Are her and Ian still married? She's still Diaz. And he's Diaz. So probably. Oh, and he's just out living his life? Yeah. His best life, probably. I mean, she's out in five years. You think he's still on Craigslist or probably maybe moved on to something else? <laughs> I is don't there something know. else that's replaced Craigslist since then? No, Craigslist is still going. Strong. Well, I know it's still going, but I'm wondering if there's like, you know, maybe he like decided to like hop on Tinder or I, I don't know exactly if um, you know, Angela was doing this for Ian or because of Ian. He's never been investigated about his if he had any involvement in this, but um, it's so wild. I think ultimately it was financial, maybe because of this condo. Honestly, it seems like such a lot of work. A lot of work. Like I am tired just like thinking about it, and I manage quite a few accounts at this point. And I get exhausted of doing them, and I'm not even using them for bad intentions. No, so, and she was using eight different emails. Yeah. Almost to make it look like Michelle was trying to dodge things and to, you know, Mm -hmm. it was really intricate. It was really, really intricate, which a lot of catfishers are. And, I mean, she had a job, so it must have taken a lot of time, too. Not only to go past the point of the threatening emails into this whole rape fantasy thing. How do you go from I'm starting a charity to save the children to framing this? somebody for rape fantasies? I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't find any reports of her. I mean, what I could find is that she was this wholesome. Uh, I guess she used the words goody two shoes to describe herself before Doesn't this. sound like it. But. This was the only thing on her criminal record before that. It was a speeding ticket. So she went from zero to 90 when she met Ian. And, and, that, and he probably had a hand in all this. Girls don't get on dating apps. Nothing good can come from them. <laughs> yeah. There's that. That's the story of the biggest catfish ever. Ever. Come on, Neve, get on it. Yeah, no shit. This is a huge story. Yeah, Max and Neve, bring them back. <laughs> yeah. They're a duo that shouldn't have been separated. No. <laughs> but Michelle, now, to use her own words, she's hell bent on rectifying this shit show and probably not on dating apps anymore no probably not, not but at all. she's trying to move on she's trying you know she's being an advocate for people that are well, wrongly convicted or wrongly accused one of the things that i read was that the cellmate that she had she once she got out and was exonerated and all that she had her parents post that person's um legal fees or pay for her legal fees That's really because nice. she now so strongly believes that when someone you know saying they're innocent, they should be given that benefit of the doubt. Of course, until proven guilty. That but, is how our system is supposed to work. But unfortunately, well, you think know, of like just the implications of the fact that she is even associated with this. If you Google her name, the first thing that comes up is that she's accused of doing these things. And then, like, yeah. you think as an employer, you'd actually have to read the article to know what happened. Oh, absolutely. And still, even then, like, you're probably not going to get that job. Like, there's a lot of... Right. You go from marketing manager of Disneyland to unemployable. 
Right. Undateable. At, at this point, whatever. she's picked up what she had and and done well for herself. Good. And then, like you said, if you do Google her, the first thing that comes up is that she was framed. She is the victim in all this. Yeah. So there's no lot, doubt. I still think a lot of companies would be like, I don't want to deal with that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. she should go. She did go on to say that you know uh, when she starts a new position, or at least at the beginning, it's a little awkward because people either googled her name or came across this, but don't mm-hmm. mention it. So it's kind of like this elephant in the room when you walk into a new into a new job. Yeah. But she speaks out about it and she says i'm here to rectify it i'm gonna move beyond this Mm -hmm. you know she said i could have very clearly just said fuck this Mm -hmm. and let it take her down but she's definitely overcome this so i'm happy for michelle obviously it sounds like a fucking nightmare because yeah I can't imagine being I, wrongly accused of something that's such a nightmare how am i gonna prove this the idea of being falsely accused of something like huge too yeah like threatening emails is one thing. They made her out to seem like she was, you know, a crazy ex, da da da. But to go to the extent of posting an ad to make I can't even keep the story straight, but to <laughs> make it seem like someone else is going to hire someone to rape you as a fi- like it's just it's so convoluted. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but to be accused of that, I can't imagine. So Michelle, my heart goes out to you. Uh, yeah. I'm glad it was all straightened out. And seems like I, a hella dramatic action. Absolutely. Like, somebody breaks up with you. Like, <laughs> take a Xanax and take a nap no or something. Shit. <laughs> and that's the thing. Ian wasn't even breaking up with Angela. No, but I mean, like, that's why I think Ian was involved. I don't think Angela just was like. I'm going to get revenge for my man. Like, no, no, there's more to it than that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So have you ever been catfished? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Send us your catfish stories. That would be great. Oh my gosh. We still need listener stories. So if you have a good catfish story, you can do the following to get it to us. You can go to our Instagram, follow us, and send us a message at a stranger danger podcast. You can email us at a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook using stranger danger colon a true crime podcast. You can also go a step further and join the Facebook page stranger danger colon murder lovers. And she meant group when she said page. Oh, yeah, totally meant group. And you can find us on Twitter using shit. The handle at SD True Crime Pod. I was going to jump in there, but you got it. Nailed it. Until next time. We will see you next time. This is Mackenzie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. No.